But I thought about it, I was like, do I really want to become a mechanic? Keep doing things that I don't want to do for like an extra 40, 60 years of my life, being miserable, trying to make it work? Or do I want to be miserable, happy, <laughs> you know? Hey everyone, you're listening to 2M Creative Labs, the podcast. This podcast is for improvement by learning about others' story and process as they pursue their creative passions. Today we talked to Christian Narciso, a visual creative based in Winnipeg who revolves around camera, videography, short films, and various creative projects. We talk about pursuing something fulfilling and making use of your brain power, his near-death scenario that changed his outlook on life, and his local concert project, The Junction. He also plays a little bit of guitar in the episode, and it's super good, so definitely check it out. This is one take. That's one take. Alright, I think we can I can think we'll pull this off. It'll it'll be good. <laughs> um Alright, um hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to another episode and just wanted to say thank you for making the time and showing up and you know being down to talk. So just to get started, let's hear a little bit of who you are and what you do. First of all, I just want to thank you for messaging me last night, <laughs> getting this ready for today. Um, literally, planned this out in less than eight hours, I guess. So for those who are listening, yes, we do things last minute. But for who I am, my name is Christian Narciso. Um, on social media, you guys know me as Kurzwax, or people that follow me know me as Kurzwax. And I do a lot of things. I say that a lot because I do do a lot of things, and it, it revolves around like visual arts. So anything that has to do with cameras, videography, film, um, short films, I help out with like my friends too with their projects. So I do a lot more film and sh- like photos. Uh, I do run my own freelance business for that. And I used to be a mechanic. <laughs> so I stopped that I, when I figured out that that wasn't for me and the money wasn't that great. And I knew deep down I couldn't see myself doing it in the long run and to this day i'm just like yeah it's a good thing i stopped that because when you hate doing something for money it's not as fulfilling as you were to do something that you love doing and making less money sometimes but it's the way life goes <laughs> it's definitely a lot more interesting to do something that you like even though like the money's not as good right right away uh-huh. um but it's it's hard to make that jump, you know? Yeah. Um, talk to me about how you got into visual arts and especially even like considering the transition from being a mechanic, like kind of talk to me about what that looked like for you. For sure. <clears throat> so one of the main reasons why I became a mechanic was um, I, I was super into cars back in like when I was a teenager and my high school offered a course automotive. So I took that course as a four year course and then out of that I got a level one. So how the, the I guess the the trade works is you get your level one, you go back to school, you do your level two, you go back to school, you finish up to level four, and that's when you're certified. So it took me four years out of high school too <clears throat> to pursue that. Um, main reason I really did it was to fix and learn about cars. I didn't have a plan about like money or anything. I just thought cars, cool, let's learn it. At the same time, I picked up a camera and I was like, cool, let's do this too. <laughs> like what? Like what can it hurt doing two things at once? So I learned how to fix cars and how to shoot camera and all I did was take photos at the time so <clears throat> I would take cool photos of cool cars <laughs> and that's how I started uh, visually was cool photos of cars and then just hold the whole job industry of the trade of automotive I learned it later in life and I did not like it at all at the same time I grew my photography and my videography skills and I was like I like this more 
um, it's gonna be a hard choice but then once you think about it about it as a business perspective you want to do what you love so I um, the way automotive works is the trade itself is um, flat rate so technically you're like no cars you don't get paid so technically you're, you're your own business so I was like yeah no, I don't think I could see myself growing this as a business anywhere so I was mm-hmm. like you know what screw it let's just uh make the change <laughs> so it's a hard transition because like you're going from a day job that that runs like a um i guess commission-based shop versus like you running your own stuff and then you you might not get paid for what you do but mm-hmm. you're loving it every second it just doesn't matter to you versus like when your money mindset it's just you're always thinking about time money time money time money versus or you're doing something you love you're just like love money will come later <laughs> just keep giving just keep doing content keep giving and just keep growing at it right yeah so like that was the struggle it was just me trying to find out who i really was and fortunately i am the more artistic side mm-hmm. so i took that jump that's awesome it's it's good to hear you kind of like finding that out and making that transition um this is one thing that like when vince was talking to me like he was on the previous episodes and he was saying like you know that feeling of like when you get that edit done and you just kind of get super pumped about it oh yeah like what kind of, what is that like for you like how did you re- like what was this, I guess, moment maybe, or kind of scenarios where you're like, oh yeah, like I like this so much more and like, yeah, what did that, like, do you remember kind of that, that feeling? Um, it wasn't really much a feeling, but I think it was an aha moment. Yeah. Um, a lot of it had to do with me networking and I think I like the networking aspect of it because like I met a lot of people, made a lot of friends. <clears throat> but the coolest part is when you uh, take a creative photo shoot or a creative video gig, and you, you like when you actually visualize something, and it comes more outside when you're doing it, like more expansional exponentially than you thought it would come out. Mm-hmm. You're just like, whoa, like, did that just really happen? Like, my I, this was in my mind, but it came out just as good, no, even better. So that was like my aha moment, like, yo, like this will work. And then when you're in that moment, you're just like, I can do this. I can be beyond whatever. I'm actually thinking. Mm-hmm. So when you're actually putting the project together, you get too you get too excited, right? So I kind of get how uh, Vince said that feeling itself is kind of similar to being inspired, and that inspired moment, you just want to put everything together and just like go with it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what it really means for me as a visual artist is being inspired in the moment. And I think as artists in general, we get inspired ups and downs, right? Like it's sporadic. It's not consistent. So some days I'd just be like, ah, I don't want to do this today. I'm not inspired to do this project. If I do it today, it's going to be crappy. I'm, I don't want to give my client a crappy product when I can provide them what they need, but I need like a few weeks to, mm-hmm. and then once I'm inspired again, go at it. But that's the hard part as a, a artistic creature is it's hard to be consistent with like the inspiration and the creativeness and trying to get the creative juices. So that in a way is probably what made me go, uh-huh, this is what I like. Mm-hmm. This is a cool feeling. And when you put out a great product for a client, they love it puts them in a smile and makes you feel better yeah. so it's I think that was it for me I was like oh uh-huh, yeah I like doing this this Thanks. is how I want to make people smile <laughs> mm-hmm. that's awesome that's that's really good to hear kind of yeah like when you have that something that you're doing that you you like and you see the results of like making people smile and that makes you want to do it more like that makes a lot of sense like comparative to like you know the thinking of just time and money and it's definitely a lot more fulfilling that way right? oh it is yeah, it's yeah. like sometimes i don't get paid for it but like just knowing you put a great product out there and somebody's gonna watch it mm-hmm. and like this is for anybody if you put a great product and you know you didn't get paid on it somebody will see it and somebody will like you don't even know but later on it 
catches up to you and it's yeah. like it's great <laughs> it's yeah it's it's weird though like i guess in a sense you know the scenario of like time and money like it's very instant you know like yeah. you know that you put in like that hour you're gonna get paid for that hour yeah sometimes some of the projects that we do i imagine like you won't get paid for it or even like come back to you for so long and that can that can be the hardest thing right it is it is yeah. but then when you think about it it's just like that's my work it, as long as it's my work and they like people see my work that's all mm. that matters to me um at the end of the day money is a tool i think that's what most people should see money as it's a tool it shouldn't be your main um way to live life because there are ways to barter there are ways to like do what you love and still make a living right mm -hmm. <clears throat> but in terms of that like yeah just we live in such an instant gratification world where you literally work your eight hours a day you make that money for that day and then you get it in like two weeks versus like when you're an entrepreneur it's <laughs> sometimes you get it up front if you put a contract sometimes you get it after when you put the, the product sometimes you just don't get it up <laughs> exactly <laughs> But that's the learning curve of mm -hmm. freelancing, and it's cool because then you learn that there's much more out there in the world to learn. <laughs> yeah, oh for sure, than just like the usual like nine to five kind of thing, right? It's not really what you like to do anyway, so you yeah. just slack off. And I noticed like ninety percent of employees don't even care about the jobs, so I'm just like, oh, all right, <laughs> me too. Yeah, it's it's a very common thing, I think, right? Mm -hmm. Like you kind of just do something that you're either good at or is you know pretty straightforward, and then you go after like you do something else or i guess wind down even wind down, from yeah. what you've been like so tired of yeah but not really looking past that because that's something that you're gonna be doing for the rest of your life you know yeah the way i thought about it was like do i really want to become a mechanic keep doing these things that i don't want to do for like an extra 40 60 years of my life being miserable trying to make it work or do i want to be miserable happy <laughs> you know and like a lot of it was um I read a book, I, I don't remember what it was called, but the quote was, not the quote, the statistic was um, the people in um, employment jobs, not, not not that I'm hating on the nine to five, that's where I came from, you guys, so you can't put me on that, but <laughs> but like a lot of employees don't even use 5% of their brain power or willpower at a day job. It's usually just like all automated, they don't even care, they come into work, they take their, they, take, they take super long smoke breaks, they take super long coffee breaks because they don't care, it's not fulfilling. So I think that's where the corporate world kind of messed up and that's why you see a lot more switches into the entrepreneur side because people are willing to be more fulfilling than being a robot in a mm -hmm. sense. So that's what, that's what made me, that was my paradigm shift, sorry. Yeah, was yeah. like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not using 100% of my willpower or 100% of my brain here at my job, what am I doing? So, made the switch. <laughs> it's tough, like, I think to find something that actually encourages you to use oh. more than that 5%. Oh, that's hard too. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, you have to try so many things, I think, to really figure that out. Oh, yeah. Um, and what was the reasoning for picking up the camera? Like, when you were doing cars yeah like all of a sudden you, you just decided like i'm also going to pick up a camera on top of this is just on a whim or was there something that drew you to it um no it just was like camera cool let's do this <laughs> <laughs> i know people have like more like more vivid stories but me it was just like mm -hmm. hmm yeah let's see what i can do with this it's interesting <laughs> yeah. that's fair though like sometimes you just kind of it's just one of those random things, I guess. But yeah. fortunately, it is something that turned into something a little bit better. more. Yeah. yeah, awesome. 
Um, but I think what it was is like I like to try different things, and I think that's what that's what made me do a lot of things to figure out what I really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So me picking up camera like, hey, let's try this. If it doesn't work, I still have the skills to use it. I'm still valuable. So I think in a sense with anything in life, if you're gonna try, just try to be valuable of it. So for those who are listening, yes. <laughs> if you want to try that thing that you haven't done before, do it because you don't know where it'll take you. Mm-hmm. And if at the end of the day, if it's not for you, you can still leave it as it is. And But what you learn, you'll have forever. So I think that's what was more important to me than anything was just learning and just seeing what it does for me. And if it doesn't work, then I, I'll cut it out. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. That's a very good mindset to have, I think. Like, I wouldn't have been here if I didn't say, like, you know, like, Dad, can I borrow your camera for, like, the three months that I'm going to be out traveling? Like, yeah. and, like, like that's where this sort of it thing started, started right? right? Yeah. And I wouldn't have picked that up had I just said, like, you know, like, I'll just stick to what I know and what's comfortable, right? And it's... Oh, what's comfortable? Yes, yeah, so a lot of people are comfortable. I was mm-hmm. just like, are you really sure? Yeah. <laughs> and I don't want to test them too much, but yeah mm-hmm. talk to me about so you left a comment on one of our posts what did i say what does it mean yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely you and it was just you said you spent two years you almost died and then you became an entrepreneur oh yeah okay so at that time i was uh i was doing my last level of uh, automotive mechanics so red seal certification um so i took two years off because with like automotive industry you don't like school is not really school it's like training for two months Mm -hmm. so technically I took two years off after high school I took one year off just to figure things out because I knew deep down my heart and when I graduated with my level one automotive that it wasn't for me I knew right away I was like okay well I'm really this this deep in you know what let's just go with it so that one year I took off I just worked at Canadian Tire just to see if I liked it and then I kind of liked it kind of didn't <laughs> so in my second year I, I went back for, to school for level two but then it was at the end of the year excuse me so I took two years off briefly but then in those moments it was like do I really want to do this for the rest of my life like I questioned myself every day like it wasn't um it took me four years to get out of that mindset of corporate job so those two years, I really thought about. I'm just like, do I really want this? Do I really want to do this? Do I really want to do this? But every day, I just bang out like cars, work on it, whatever. So I learned a lot, but it wasn't fulfilling. So I still kept up with the photography, videography, because people were asking for debuts at the time, right? When you graduate, it's 18 debuts. That's Huge. a very Filipino thing. Right? Yeah, <laughs> that was my first gig. Oh yeah, yeah, Dang. yeah. We did we did a debut, and I was like, what the heck am I doing? Doing. Here? Yeah, <laughs> like, and it's weird because when you shoot debuts, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, like when I was supposed to capture, when I was supposed to, like debuts are the weirdest things to do. So yeah, I started with the booze. Like I worked the side, the photo- like the artistic side as I grew the technical side. So at that point, I was like, yeah, I was straying away from um, cars, like working on it. I still love cars. I like, I love modifying and all that, but I couldn't see myself in that picture. So I was like, you know what, photography, videography, let's see where this takes me. I kept getting gigs for the booze. And then that's when I knew I was like, okay, if I can make a living off this, great. Mm-hmm. So then I took, I didn't take a hop, but like I took a test in the water. So I kept getting gigs for debuts. I'm like, okay, well, maybe this is just because I'm 18. Next year, got gigs for debuts. I'm like, okay, what's going on? Yeah. Next year, following year, the third year, uh, that was like my whole mind shift changed. I was about to jump, and that's when my accident happened. Um, I think a lot of the things that I do now has to do with that accident because in that moment, when I had my accident, uh, I'll tell you the statement after, but I'm going to tell you the story first. <laughs> so... <clears throat> um, while I was driving home from a funeral, 
weird, right? <laughs> Driving home from a funeral at Glen Eden. So I live in, that's what, Pamela South, coastal south. Mm-hmm. So northwest, yeah, it's northwest, it's northwest of the city, and I live in the north. No, sorry, it's northeast of the city. I'm in the northwest, so about half an hour drive from uh, Glen Eden all the way to my house. Cold winter day, January. It just happened to be a blizzard the day before, so the streets were really bad. There's ruts in the streets, so like you know how like when the streets are cleared, you can drive properly, but then when it's not clear, there's like two little divots yeah. <laughs> that you have to follow. So I went home that night uh, from a funeral, family funeral, so I was already sad to begin with. It was not my vehicle, it was my dad's. It was my dad's SUV. Decided to drive home around 11. I was, I was fine, whatever. Drove home. And then um, on Chief Pegwis Trail, the overpass there, going northbound, <clears throat> I wanted to change lanes because the person in front of me was driving too slow. And I was very cautious. But then as soon as I changed lanes, I realized I was going 80 already. And as soon as I saw that the, the roads were divided, I'm just like, mm, this does not look good. And I felt in my heart, I'm like, this does not look good. But I still did it. I'm just like, oh, whatever. Maybe it's just like a hesitant feeling of me just being fearful or whatever. So I was like, yeah, I'll be okay. Take the left, did a, did a shoulder check. As soon as I did the shoulder check, I went, Poof. I was just like, no way <laughs> so i'm pretty sure i hit a divot like pretty deep because there's no way that would actually happen right mm-hmm. so i hit a divot with the ice flipped over twice view like my dad's suv was like trashed it was like the roof was on my head i had i was bleeding from my head and i was scared <laughs> and it was a cold winter day so i was just, like in the car like this and i was just like bleeding and i was just like <sighs> But in that moment, like where I spun twice in the air, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty religious, so I just want to put this out there. I actually saw a slow-mo moment of me rolling, and I was like, okay, I'm going to die. Okay, well, what's next? And then um, I was like, my last turnover, I was like, Lord, save me. And at that moment, I landed on all fours, and I was just like, Poof. I was like, <gasps> holy shit like i could have died you know like could have it could have been worse than it was yeah so like i'm very thankful to god for that but at that moment um it was cold people came after me they ran and chased after me the ambulance came i was just in super shock traumatic and then like people pulled over and like helped me out like gave me blankets i had no idea where they got the blankets from i'm just like okay (laughs) but i was just like so traumatized and i couldn't drive for like the next two months but um while i was hospitalized that was my aha moment it was like did i really live my life to almost die and that's um that's where my statement continues in the hospital my mindset was i'm not gonna do what's not gonna make me happy for now on and that's when i did the mindset shift i'm like you know what people making money out of their bed make money making money of their home doing whatever it works at best for them and that's what i'm gonna do so <laughs> that was my paradigm shift and that's when i just started doing things that made me happy and, and all the projects that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So I think it like, it's true what they say, you have to go with something tragic to figure out really who you are. So I think that's why I bring and emphasize up my story of my tragic injury, <laughs> the crash. So That's yeah. crazy, yeah. Like that's such a crazy <clears throat> story. And like, it's, it's true though, like, and it's unfortunate that like sometimes it is those uh-huh. crazy moments that you that people have to go through to really, like, recognize like, like just get it, you know, you know, like wait a second, like I, 
I'm pretty much living my life to that end without really like seeing fulfillment in any of what I'm doing and there's so many reasons for it yeah like why why people get stuck in like maybe it is the money right like for you like what was some was there anything particular that kind of kept you in that space until that tragic moment like you know to stick with automotive when you're in school you're kind of programmed to be guided by everything and like when you're eight like when you're a fresh teen you want to be guided right you don't know where you're going in life people are always asking you what do you want to do with your life but then i was like you know what i started it i might as well finish it mm-hmm. and like i think that was the thing was like you're guided by it so you have mentors and whatever and they help you out and stuff but i knew deep down it just wasn't for me but like i was good at it but i was like being good and being good and doing good are two different things like you could be good at something but it's it's a it's a different playing field Mm -hmm. like being good you can be good at something for sure but when you put passion or purpose into being good um you fulfill a lot more Mm -hmm. so yeah nice (laughs) dude that's crazy like i've i've seen it on your instagram like a lot of like you talked about a lot about it yeah um but like to hear it firsthand it's Oh, it's different, right? Yeah, it's, it's very different, right? And, like, I don't know how people kind of react to that the way that I did, especially, like, off the podcast. But, like, it's, it's very eye-opening, I think, um, really? in my yeah. opinion, yeah. So, with the paradigm shift and, like, was the book that you read something that came after that event? Like, did you start reading more? Um, I think at the time, my friend, he was a entrepreneur himself. Mm-hmm. And he gave me, I can't remember the title of the book, but the book itself helped me transition. Um, I think it was 4-Hour Workweek. Yeah, that's what it was. 4-Hour Workweek, yeah. yes. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's when I was like, yeah, I can probably do this. <laughs> nice. <clears throat> but like, I started reading self-help books and then um, for some reason these self-help books came from references and I always showed up on my desk. I'm just like, what is going on here? <laughs> like, I, I didn't even pick it up. I just showed up on my desk. I'm just like, yeah, I'll read it. So then I continued that path and that paradigm shift made me do what I wanted to do and mm-hmm. um, just try all the projects that I always wanted to try. So like, podcasting was actually one of the things I actually wanted to do too, yeah. but uh, I don't have time for it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm happy that you're doing this because nice. it's a different community and it's audio. Audio is the next, like Gary Vee says, audio is the next thing that's growing. Mm-hmm. So it's a pretty big space i think right and like for me it's like it's just fun to kind of do it and there's there's so many podcasts out there like is there anything particular that you're looking for in the audio space especially like with the creative scene or not specifically because it's too much to um like podcasting was around for 10 years it just popped up now because a lot of people commute um transit right so they're always listening to podcasts to kill time versus like if you're driving you can still listen to podcasts right mm-hmm. <clears throat> so like back in the day nobody cared for podcasts because we still had radio but then the problem was people wanted to listen to specifics and that's where podcasting switched over to niches right so people yeah. look this people are looking to listen for niches um but for me specifically no i just see it as a creative outlet to do whatever you want and mm-hmm. if people listen great if people don't whatever you still went because they're still putting out content yeah so at the end of the day it's it's it always comes down to what you love and i think this is one of them <laughs> that's awesome yeah like um yeah and you can clearly tell like the way that uh you're speaking and you're very open to kind of sharing like what you're passionate about and also to encourage others to yeah. you know like look for that in themselves and go go after that um and speaking of which like so talk to me about the junction right so oh right <laughs> because it's kind of a, 
from what I understood, it's like a similar concept, but less audio, less podcasty, but more yeah. focused on people. So um, when I started that, it was just uh, like, again, like a lot of the things come from my mind and I put it on paper and it just comes out greater once you do it. So it was one of the things that I wanted to do. Like I want to put a local concert on, but then I didn't want to put on like people already made that made it right. So like I didn't want to put on like people from Manitoba music, like orchestra, whatever, because they, they already te- technically made it. They've been in school for that long. <clears throat> my goal was to put the people grinding in their basements on a platform and just to show them that the world is out there for them. And it's funny because the first one I did was at Creme de la Sance. So I'm sad they closed down. <laughs> right? Bro, you just, you just ate there. <laughs> first, first, and my first my first and last meal. <laughs> hey, this guy enjoyed it so much, you guys. Like, yeah. I'm happy you got the trap. It, it was it was so good. Yeah, they're coming. I, I've been trying to contact one of them to, to get them on. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll help you with that. Yeah. yeah. It'll be great. <laughs> so if you're listening to this episode, you better get your ass over here. Yeah, episode. RJ and Ron. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. More shameless plug, <laughs> but yeah. So um, my my first show was there, and it, we turned it out to be really good. We actually thought we were gonna sell less, like um, we thought we were gonna have like fifty people, have like ten performers, whatever is what it is. Turned out that night was the best night. That that's where Vince uh, actually came in, and like I think that's where he started his vlog career. And then he took off from there because he kept growing and networking with that group. And that group itself that I put together was one of the the most talented people in Winnipeg as like singers and songwriters. So that first event kind of like popped it off for me. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna keep doing this. But like my whole reasoning wasn't because I wanted to do an event. It was me seeing that there's a need for a platform, that there's local artists that are putting out content, but they're not recognized yet. But they're putting tons, tons, tons. So like John Conception for one, he was there for the first one. I think from that actual event itself, he manifested and he grew and he collaborated with all the artists in that room um, later in the future. So I think that was the turning point for me with that, with the junction was it wasn't really me throwing an event. It was literally me putting something on for a purpose. And my whole reasoning was to have people collab together musically and just be creative together. And if they want to put up production music together they usually do which is crazy like mm-hmm. <laughs> like like a lot of them stemmed from this one event and they grew exponentially and then ha- me having them come back the next year and the next year just like it fulfills my heart because it, they're grateful that this happened and every time i do this they're always like yeah man like keep doing this like this is this is mm-hmm. great like you're doing something most people wouldn't do yeah and then at the time uh, manitoba music <laughs> They reposted my event on their website page, and I was like, "Yo, Ryan, what is going on?" <laughs> like, I was not like, being, like I, I didn't think I was gonna be noticed that big, like on like a Manitoba music thing. So, yeah, it's still like a small little thing because it's very quiet. It's not really, I'm not really consistent with the content. It always happens like once a year. Mm-hmm. So, that's just the music side of it. But there was supposed to be a lot more aspects to it. I want to do gaming, so like Twitch. Um, interview them do a little twitch event but then my buddies they are doing twitch winnipeg so they run that so i stopped and i helped them with that <laughs> so like there's many aspects that i really want to do with the junction because in general the junction literally means everything coming together and being one so that's my whole thing mm-hmm. be coming together collab and then just grow from there because people when you put a bunch of talented people in one room amazing shit 
happens <laughs> like it's it's messed up <laughs> yeah oh for sure right? it's it's definitely like crazy when you have so much like creative minds just kind of gathering and like on the assumption that and this is the thing that i always find like the hardest is like are people willing to collaborate for collaboration's sake or it's like a selfish kind, selfish of, kind thing, of thing right yeah. and like how do you kind of vet that in those events like or do you just kind of you can tell if they're in it for selfishly or collaborations, but uh, deep down, I know um, that they are going to collab eventually. But if they don't, then they don't. You know, mm -hmm. it's just yeah. it's not something I can control. It's literally up to them. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, you so the junction is the concept itself is everything coming into one. Does that ever make it like? difficult to narrow things down and make it yes. more accessible because like for us right like we're bringing on every every discipline and i've found that it's like so there's like even like this month like the episodes are all about illustrators and then next month like who knows what's going to be up and people come in and like the heck is like is this? Yeah. it's like very broad right um how is that kind of in terms of the junction and like it's a success i suppose yeah so a lot of it was like the event itself was called muse so this year we're on muse 3 so we've been doing muse for three months but muse itself is um the music one overall like we want like it's not just r&b and hip-hop it's literally every genre but it's all together like you don't hear jazz and rock and roll in the same room together no <laughs> right so like that that was my whole thing is like different genres all come together in one room and it's crazy because as a musician too, because like I, I learn music as well. Um, when you're in different parts and you're learning different genres, you pick up on people's skills and you want to learn that skill. Or you already had that skill and you're just like, yeah, hey, I can make that better too. So like Muse itself was a music one and I wanted to do different ones too, like different event titles. So Junction itself is literally just a place of a gathering and just going mm -hmm. with the flow. Yeah, that's such a cool, like, and it's very true, right? Like. When you sit down as one genre artist and you get involved in other like talent, there are things that you learn from another space, right? And I feel like that's something that we do want to like kind of focus on and like, you know, creative creatively, even doing video as a photographer like makes me think so much differently. Like yeah, and that's different. something that you guys are encouraging, right? Like, yeah. It's even for me, like I've been drawing every day for like the past 15 days now. And it's just like, right, you're doing Inktober, right? I'm doing Inktober. <laughs> and I'm like, what the heck am I doing as a, as a photographer, as a filmmaker, like drawing? But there's something about it that I think in parallel thinking of, you know, rock and jazz put together, you're learning so much, right? Yeah. yeah. Is that something that like you guys have? Like your artists have recognized? Yes, yeah. they've collaborated together. And I think the last one, uh, we had a jazz band group and a R&B singer collab. Mm -hmm. And it was just insane. And, and this is the thing about the Muse events is um, a lot of the artists will do live collaborations on site. And whenever that happens, people are just like, this couldn't have gotten any better. Like, what just happened? Like everybody was just like, whoa <laughs> like they just met that day and they just they just made music i was just like this is this is what happens when you put musicians with different skill sets just going on together i'm just like man that's super cool yeah <laughs> it's like it's like why 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 cmb right like you have all the like drake little wayne and all that when they all collapse together something great comes out of it 
most of the time it doesn't but i mean <laughs> but there's still something there and you kind of start that too because that was all improv right yeah and like on the next run when it's actually a little bit more developed like it gets even better better yeah mm-hmm. it's insane is that something that you think is so because music i find like conceptually is very like spot on and instant um so going back to being a photographer filmmaker like how is that do you see anything in that same space where you know two photographers to uh, filmmakers kind of collab and come up with something together like what does that look like for you because it's even when vince and i had shot at the human rights museum we came up with two separate things not something that we built together you know yeah no i, I saw that he has put up two different videos um his was definitely his style mm-hmm. <laughs> like it was great the transitions were great but yours was more um you had a story to it so i think that was the difference but I think overall, if you put them together, like if you were to sit down with both footages, you, it could have been so much better. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you put the two videos into one and you place them where they should have been, like properly, mm-hmm. it would have been off the chain. Yeah. <laughs> but it, like, like seeing two different perspectives is cool, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, it would have been better together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So because you said you or versed in music oh no <laughs> I think this, going? this is the part of the episode where you show off your musical talents well, what musical talents <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about so i have none <laughs> yeah. so chris uh during the dms he's like yo you you sent me something about like a meme about bringing out your guitar at like an event oh yeah <laughs> And I, and I said, you should bring your guitar on a podcast. And you're like, yeah, I'm down. And you said that probably half jokingly, but I did. You can't tell I'm me, always joking. You could never tell me these things because I will take them to heart and I will get you to bring your guitar and do the podcast with me. And so, with that out there, are you willing to play a little bit? We don't. Have, we haven't had a musical like performance in this podcast and you could be breaking this <laughs> i could be the one breaking this could be the one podcast that just goes off you guys know what exactly <laughs> and then we'll have a bunch of mu- musicians, musicians coming in, in. <laughs> exactly <laughs> but like um just to give everybody context the the meme i sent him was um <clears throat> linda d duong she is a youtuber from uh vancouver she does a lot of vietnamese asian memes and yesterday she put up a, a video of her saying um when you pass the guitar to your filipino friends and then she started singing all like these filipino songs that relate to filipinos and then i was like yo it's so true <laughs> <laughs> so when this guy was like yo bring your guitar i'm just like i i was half no i'm not gonna lie i was half joking <laughs> like i was just like yo he's not gonna he's not gonna take the bait <laughs> and then he's like, he like no for real i'm just like I bet. <laughs> so maybe I won't play. I'm just joking. I'll play. <laughs> yeah, you play. You play a bullet. You play a verse. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll play like ten seconds. Yes. Yeah. I'm actually really nervous because uh, I think the last time I performed was my first music event, and that was me and my cousin closing the event. So I think mm-hmm. that was that's sick though that you performed like to kind of close it out and yeah, basically I'm, like I'm not, big... I'm not the, I'm not a singer or anything, but <laughs> like just the yeah, but like a big thank you to kind of like you know all the people that really believed that in came the platform, in, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And, and that first event we sold out, it was crazy. And mm-hmm. uh, that's when it was, yeah, keep going with it. Nice. So everybody, uh, this is the episode where we have a musical performance by Chris Walks. Yeah. I'm gonna play the one song that I only know. <laughs> and this is the same song that I played during uh, the close of Muse, the first Muse. This is actually kind of sick that you're playing out the closeout song for, <laughs> for the first event. All right, let's hear it. 
So yeah, this is Just Friends. You guys probably know it. I'm only gonna do what I know. <laughs> Alright, here we go. Thank you for bearing with me. <laughs> Yo, y'all gotta give it up to uh, Chris Watts. Make sure to follow him on Instagram. That was, I love. It. Yo, thanks for bringing that. That was that was sick. Like, You're welcome, man. That's Any what time. I'm talking about. I was just taking pictures for you know for a thumbnail later. Oh, <laughs> yeah, he, he scared me, guys. He just pulled his phone. I'm like, oh, it's gonna go on his boomerang and like social media. <laughs> I was like, no, no. It is going on Instagram as soon as you get out that door. But, yeah, no um, kidding. He's kicking me out right now. I'm like, yo, <laughs> exposed. Exposed. <laughs> It's so for context, like I'm a Filipino with no musical or dancing talent. Oh, that's the first, <laughs> which, is, which is a lot of the time that I get that is like you don't know how to sing or dance and you're Filipino, which is like a very, I don't know, like I never picked it up. Oh, I, it's probably the beard. <laughs> that would make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I get that a lot. Trust me. I believe, I believe that. So the reason why I got you to play is does that ever come into your photography or filmmaking no no you know like in terms because vince always tells like you know he sometimes like produce my own music for the videos you know but like having an understanding of a musical kind of background yeah mm -hmm, like helps you kind of either edit to beats even oh okay right in that, in that, yeah, in in that, that way, sense yeah. yes because then um a lot of it's wavelength reading if you're not a musician but um when you're a musician like when you pick up an instrument and you learn you kind of understand like where the high parts are where the low parts are where the treble is where the bass is and then i kind of base most of my highlight videos off of the beats and then off of whatever the chorus is right so if it's a fast beat i'll, I'll go off like an idiom track you know how it builds up i go off that go, and then i'll be like crazy transition left right center yeah. <laughs> right and then like a slow-mo and then <laughs> back to it so like that plays high key into editing because like that's your mind working with um, creative juices versus mm -hmm. like you wave reading it's a little bit different yeah because then you just go off the waves and then um you have to figure out how to tell the story with the wave reading so if you're musically inclined anything artistically it will help you mm -hmm. no but, for sure but i feel like you was like this morning i came in you're listening to classical and like some jazz so i think you do have an inkling with like music mm -hmm. if i don't like don't, don't get me wrong but like that's just how i i came off of this morning yeah right? yeah, yeah. yeah oh for sure like <laughs> I, I love listening to like jazz music in the morning especially when i'm making coffee i don't know like it just fits for some reason it keeps you calm right yeah, yeah but also i 
like as I'm editing and I don't know like if people are missing this and something as like a short tip for anybody who is into like video editing is read the waveform, right? Yeah. Huge. Like figure out where like the peaks are and like where the beats are happening because I think it's it's very subtle, but like when you miss that beat, oh, that beat on yes. a cut, oh, it, it's it, it's so bad. It it's, kills it. Yeah, like <laughs> and people notice it, and that's the, like that's the sad part. People notice it, mm-hmm. and it's it it may be like one second off. People see it, man. Like yeah, like you can un- like your your mic and whatever can be unsync, whatever. That's different, but like an actual visual vid- like a video or photo that just off, like it just seems off. It will come off off. Mm-hmm. I've put out many videos like that though. <laughs> it happens right yeah. like oh for sure like starting off i did not know what i was doing but mm-hmm. as soon as you find a groove and you're just like yeah. yeah it's it's super weird because like that was the f- like i remember as a kid like growing up like i used to edit and make videos like home videos oh yeah yeah and i didn't really put that together until like i started doing more videos like i remember this feeling of like you know like having a script and like having a little bit of a storyboard like in mine i never i never drew them out or like wrote them anywhere but i had like this vision and then i would edit it and i would i would catch those beats all the time Um, yeah (laughs) and i never i always thought like people kind of had a good understanding of that but then i started watching more videos and realizing like people are missing some something here which or even like and this is this is me like this for me is a very big thing like i'm bad at it is even getting like the composition of a photo right, whether it's like straight on oh, dead yes, center yeah. or like slurred, and then it's slightly off your thirds or slightly off, and I was like, yeah, it's yeah. I get yeah no composition. I think composition is one of the hardest things as a photographer because, um, in a sense, you can get a really good photo, but it could be like literally forty five degree angle, mm-hmm. and nobody would care because it looks cool, <laughs> right? Yeah. But like composition is definitely um, one of the hardest things. For most photographers, even for myself, I've been doing photography for 10 years and I still can't get it right, <laughs> you know? So um, composition comes with time, definitely. Uh, but at the moment, I think color should be um, color should be one big thing for every photographer. Um, offset colors, main colors, your blacks, your whites. Make sure everything comes off appealing. Um, for anybody that's listening, do your colors first. Yeah. I, th- I think that's something that I've missed for the longest time like with my photography and like I'm starting to really think about that now um, oh. <laughs> yeah like what about you like in terms of color um, talk to me about your kind of I guess perspective on that for your work okay so before I didn't really care about colors <laughs> so that's why I'm bringing up and emphasizing on colors because before it'd be um, who has the sharpest photo and that's all I cared for I didn't care for color I didn't care for composition I was like yo who has the sharpest photo pixel peep that ish man like look into it that's me right there like I don't care about like color and all this <laughs> but then like when you add color it changes the tone the overall vibe the overall mood and um, when you get into fashion or any art you learn colors first right mm-hmm. or black and whites shades and then colors yeah so in a sense black and white is cool everybody does that um colors that's really huge because you can literally off so like say you had a blue and you had a purple the purple has to be dark enough for it to complement the blue and that's why it works so well versus like a purple and yellow the yellow gives it what a more bright so that's why blue and yellow are common colors because it's, it's a good contrast but it's still calming to the eye it's bright but it's still moody mm-hmm. and that's why people do that blue and white or blue and gold right so, right 
a lot of color designing will help you with um, photography because like in most environments you'll always have yellow light 90% of the time <laughs> like not, not a lot of people switch over to LED lights yet so yeah. it'll always be yellow so you have to like the actual environment of you shooting you actually have to do like a walk research what you want to do take your camera out see if it's a good composition and if it's not then you move over but a lot of it has to do with the color so always focus on that color because if it comes out yellow you know you're gonna have to subsidize it with a different color to balance out the photo and if the person's wearing green you have to figure out how to make that yellow not clash with the green because yellow and green is a weird mm -hmm. it's weird <laughs> like it doesn't work like, it's yeah. not eye appealing like in some senses it would work if the green was more of a teal right but yeah mm -hmm. like learn your colors and then that'll help you grow creatively and colors will always get people no matter what yeah and it also sets your style up right yeah like because then you become more consistent and people know and when they look at a photo it's like oh i know who took this photo because of the colors right exactly and yeah yeah for sure do you identify more as a photographer or as a filmmaker or you because you said visual artist and uh, <coughs> I, I get that but i i decided to name myself a visual artist not because like i specify both in film and photography and um all that but i do like video more <laughs> so mm -hmm. i will transcend into the filmmaking uh, mm -hmm. cinematography side of things because photo you can like once you learn your peaks and you kind of you kind of hit a plateau and then you're just like is this it like i kept reading photography books i kept trying to figure out what to do better um but yeah it, it hit a plateau where it's like is this it like is, yeah. it, is there nowhere for me to be more creative and then a lot of it was post editing which i did not like I, I like having things in camera like getting it in camera on on time on spot i don't care how many shots it takes me i just want it in my camera so i don't have to really edit it like crazy after right that's just me as a, like a photographer photographer coming from film right so a lot of it is one take shot if i get it great if i don't i'll post process it lately after but that's where a lot of post processing uh photographers they call themselves photographers but really they're more edited edit to edit to edit to what am i trying to say edit to top edit to photographers edit photographers there you go wow because like as soon as you put into photoshop you're changing every aspect you're changing people's faces you're changing their skin tone skin composition you're changing everything the moment you do that it ruins a photo and i hate to say that but yeah <laughs> like and then people change features of their faces they make it lighter mm -hmm. it just doesn't look like them a lot of the instagram um people you see now that are like influencers are huge and that have like nice photos they don't look like that in real life no way <laughs> you see them in real life they're like well that's really you yeah. <laughs> it's weird <clears throat> but like that's where a lot of people become edit photographers and not photographers right it's yeah and again like thinking about composition thinking about colors right and that's why i'm like I'm not like trying to be super snarky, but I was just trying to bring it to light that, you know, those are things you do think about or you should start thinking about more to oh, yes. kind of improve your in, game. In that game. Yeah, yeah for definitely. Sure. Like colors come up strong, composition mm -hmm. um, for me was hard. Yeah. <laughs> I think for anyone, composition is hard, but yeah, definitely stepping stone color. I am struggling. I struggle with color all the time. I don't know if it's my eyes, but oh yeah, it's, no, I'm, it's something I'm, I'm working on for sure. I get you on that sense because I'm colorblind, so a lot of my yellows and greens don't turn out. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. That I didn't and, and know. reds, yeah. So um, 
colors. Yeah, my colors are weird. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's too warm. Mm -hmm. A lot of people say it's too warm. I'm just like, well, I can't see that color. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna see you taking black and white like film photo from here on out. Yeah, it's just you know, I give up because <laughs> keep things simple. Um, because you mentioned you identify more as a, a filmmaker as a videographer. Um, what would be something that you would give as an advice to somebody that saw your work and say like, hey, I want to do that one day and like do you have any tips for me to kind of get started so if you were in a in a sense like just someone off the market or i guess uh, a lot of teenagers actually getting into um video which is for tiktok baby yeah pretty much <laughs> but like they're making cool films now and a lot of them um they always look for guidance so what like this past weekend i did a wedding for my friend and we were doing photos so I, uh, I met the filmmakers. One of them was more directing and the other one was like main camera, but this guy was working his ass off <laughs> with the crane and like setting up these cameras. I felt bad for the guy because it was literally just him and then the other guy just directing him and helping him. He was 16 when I talked to him. I was like, you're 16 and you're doing this wedding? He's like, yeah. He's like, oh, all right. <laughs> so he asked me like for advice like in film and like, like I guess creatively as a cinematographer. Um, like what tips do you have for me as the same way you said it but in a different word word sentence mm -hmm. he just asked pretty much um like what, what should i continue doing as a filmmaker i was like you know what find your niche whatever it is a lot of people want music videos so do that for free but like fundamentally if you're like if you don't have any skill at all and you want to get into it just pick up the camera man go record something great like even if it's shaky even if you don't have a gimbal even if you don't have like an in-body stabilization in your camera just pick up the camera record something and then just go with it you know like a lot of things out of life come out of one action and that one action will lead you to many other branches it's just taking that one action that'll help you and a lot of people are afraid to take that one action so literally if you're coming off nothing right now and you want to do this just pick up the camera record something <laughs> like like in that moment pick up the camera whatever's in your head go film it mm -hmm. go, go put it together and youtube will always be your learner guidance so no matter what i'm like like for me i, I was a self-taught like like automotive was school taught but like this artistic side of me was all self-taught so i grew with what i learned and i grew at my pace um, so yeah, like just pick up the camera, <laughs> like, yeah. just go with the flow, whatever's in your mind, just do it. A lot of times people just don't want to do it. It's just like, mm -hmm. really? Like, can someone just teach me? No, just pick it up, play around. Like we always say brand new phone. Do you pick it up and play with it? Or do you pick it up and ask somebody to help you with it? You know, <laughs> like it's the same in a sense that like, yeah, you have a brand new phone. You're obviously going to play with it versus like you getting a new phone and then asking the phone reps to show you everything like it mm -hmm. but then it, deep down you really know what you want to do so yeah is that something that you told the the filmmaker the 16 year old hey oh uh, yeah. no because like he was already in it and mm -hmm. he he just was looking for something more and i just told him like just niche like find a niche like he was good at what like he, he showed me his angles and stuff um and i told him like well you're you're pretty good for a 16 year old like <laughs> like he was pretty close but then i kind of understood why he was close to the bride and groom all the time it's their lens wasn't a, like a very um, short one. They had a 35 mil versus like an 85. Like with an 85, you can probably get really far and still get really close, but they didn't have that lens. So he showed me a shot and it was 
ridiculously clean. I was like, this guy's 16 and he really? just, yeah, he did it like around, like, so say if there's a batting group, yeah. he did a roundabout shot head to toe and it was gorgeous. And I was just like, this guy 16, he just put that out. <laughs> I was like, man. Yo. And that's where it comes to down to like, man, like, just take a camera and do it. But he had, the advice he wanted me to give was more niche. Like, what should I keep doing? I'm like, find your niche. Mm-hmm. And that's with anything, find your niche. But if you don't have a niche, then just keep doing what you're doing. You'll eventually find it. Yeah. Man, that's sick to kind of hear like 16 year old. That's a cool shot to think about. You right? Know, like, like, I didn't even think about that. Head to toe, and they, and then, like, they kissed at the end, so he got another shot going up. I'm just like... <laughs> using my way of my photos, but I <laughs> I think that's one thing that I didn't uh, think about when, like, and this is just going to quick rant, is, like, as a photographer at, like, weddings, like, the videographer is going to be in there, you know, up, always. In, your, up in your shots all the <laughs> like, goddamn time, right? Yeah, yeah. and... Like you, have, you do have to do that to get the shot sometimes, and mm-hmm. I always struggle with that. I was like, am I ruining these moments because I'm in there, but then I'm gonna capture it in a way that you wouldn't be able to? It's such a he weird trade off. It's, it's weird because that sixteen year old asked me the same question. It's like, was I always in your way? Was I? I'm like, I feel bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like he was kind of like a nice guy, so I kind of understood where he's coming from. But I'm just like, no, man, don't worry about it. like, like we're. we're like we've been doing photography like me and David we've been doing photography for many years now so we know how to work around other people so if you need to get the shot get the shot and then like for photographers if for anyone that is a photographer and works with videographers um, there's always a little <laughs> little clash always at weddings um, just let just let just let it really get the shots man like it is what it is photographers man like you have an 85 mil you have a 70 200 you can get the shot you want no matter if the videographer is there or not Mm-hmm. So I think that's where it comes down to as like for wedding photographers and videographers, just let each other get the shot. Yeah. And sometimes if you have to like be side by side, let it be. But just don't be in each other's way all the time, like the whole time. <laughs> like there was weddings where literally the videographer was in my way the whole time, and it was just not the greatest. Yeah. And I was like, I had a seventy to two hundred on too, and I was zoomed in all the way to the face, and I was getting the shots that I wanted. As soon as I wanted the actual shot that I want, boom, it was in my way. I was like, ah, no. <laughs> it happened the whole day. I was just like, oh, this man. God. <laughs> but I mean, like, yeah, it's it's the growing pains of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's an industry. That's it's tough for yeah. sure. But like, <laughs> that's the thing is, you do have to move around to get those angles. One thing that I usually critique uh, people with is like, you know, like you can move around. You know, yeah, like, exactly. like it's you fine to get in the way of somebody else because they're it gonna is. look at look back at these later and be like oh like you got some really sweet angles and they won't remember the fact that you stood, stood like in front of them yeah. in front of them right yeah for sure that's something i have to keep in mind for myself because you know i i i get that like the 16 year olds you know sorry i might be in your way like and i think about that for everybody that's right. watching you know <laughs> yeah. it's like no it's not like you're doing your job mm-hmm. like just get the job <laughs> yeah for sure um, is there anything else you'd like to wrap this up with and uh, how can we follow you support you or any anything coming up with the junction or just any of your personal stuff all right so this can be a long podcast end <laughs> i have a lot to say perfect <laughs> must start from when i was born <laughs> <laughs> i'm just joking i won't start that far i'll start when i was 15. <laughs> yes a year before this prodigy I'm not a prodigy, <laughs> no, no way. But um, 
I guess in a sense, um, for those who don't know me, you guys can follow me at Chris Walks. So Chris without an H, Walks with a Z on all social media platforms. Um, a lot of it is filtered to what the platform should be. So Snapchat is a lot of my behind the scenes, me being ratchet. So if you want to see that, <laughs> you add my Snapchat. If you don't follow my Instagram, it's more filtered for everybody versus like um, TikTok. I just started TikTok. I just, man. I saw I saw that uh, TM Creatives TikTok and you guys had, like crazy engagements. I was like, yo, this is so different from Instagram. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's it's super weird. It's weird. Get... It's organic and the organic reach is insane. Like I think my first two videos I got 200. I was just like. I don't get this much views on my Instagram ever. <laughs> Yo, that's what I'm saying. Like, with like our YouTube videos, like, what the, where the heck where are, are these guys? people, you know? Like, why are you guys watching the like full feature videos and vlogs we're making? Anyways. <laughs> but yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, for anybody that's listening that's musically talented and that wants a platform to be put on locally, if you're in Winnipeg, um, I am running Muse 3 this year. It's going to be a smaller event just because I don't have the funds for a big um, location, so we're going to keep it small this year and we're going to try something a little bit different because all these shows before we had over 10 performers, which was not, like it was good, but like it was really short time, so I'm going to dim it down a little bit. So if you want to collaborate, whoever's listening with music or if you have, um, if you have the skills to publicly speak or if you're a host or if you're a comedian, actually, if you're... Like if you're just an artistic creature in general, come DM me. We'll we'll figure something out and we'll we'll work together. Uh, again, Chris Walks social media, Muse if you want to join. I think that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to think. Like photography, eh? Videography, eh? I don't want to pitch those. Those are more like clients. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sweet. Um, well, thanks for putting it out there for all the musicians and all really just anybody who's artistically inclined to, you know, definitely consider sending Chris a DM and he'll try and figure something out for you for Muse 3. Yeah. Be sure to check it out when it, you know, when you get more info about that and actually just pop in, you know, opportunity to kind of collaborate with other people, like-minded people, like -minded right? people, whether you're performing yes. or not. And yeah, big thanks to Chris for bringing his guitar and playing and sharing his You're story and you know yeah definitely just get out there pick up that camera just go with it and just go with it <laughs> awesome thanks for doing this man thank you tm creative thank you juan for uh, this awesome podcast and again we're we're both looking for um not just artists in general we're just looking for people to collaborate with so if you're listening and you want to be on this podcast or if you want to be on like our photo trips that we do together or like if you want to learn from us come come hang out with us like we're we're, we're friendly people we don't bite <laughs> but we do bash on each other oh absolutely <laughs> <laughs> but like that's like with any friendship bashing is like the main key like just joking around and stuff so yeah if you're listening come join us come collaborate with us and let's just create pick up the camera <laughs> awesome thanks man thanks guys cheers if you've made it this far thanks for listening to the episode if you liked it please consider giving us a rating on itunes and subscribing to the podcast share this episode with your friends word of mouth is always helpful and if you have topics you want to learn more about find us on twitter and send us a message and we'll see you in the next one